Welcome to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new, new chunky spicy soup. It's time to get fired up. Make sure you find the Raptor show wherever you listen to podcasts, and please rate and review the program. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. I'm joined for the last time. Final hosting. day. S, S, how you doing, man? You all right? I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. It's a, it's a sad day, you know? Is it? I don't know, but it's been an exciting weekend. <laughs> no, it has been great, yeah. man. You yeah. have been such a good sport. I was just thinking back to... Uh, well, I guess 26 hours ago when we were in these exact seats. Yes. Nick Ronaldson was here. We were just roasting you about pants and stuff. <laughs> no, you're a great sport, man. You really rolled with it. You know, you understand. You, you, you got course, the vision. Man. Yeah. You know, and. Listen, I got to figure out the whole pants situation, too. You guys got me thinking. No, your, your pants are fine. I got to go shopping, do the whole thing. Oh, no, come I mean. on. Yeah, you're, why not? You're fine. You're hit, fine. Up, hit up Dixie Outlet Mall like my guy Alma. Yeah. <laughs> it was raided in December, apparently, <laughs> when they're ready to. You know, ship everything out. But, yeah. No, uh, look, hey, listen, I appreciate even being able to be on here. A uh, bit of a moment for me just because, yeah. you know, you think about like where you've been and how long you've been doing this thing. I, I've been doing it for like four or five years now. And to be here with you, to yeah. be able to talk basketball for the last three days, it's it's like a little bit of validation. You're like, hey, yeah, of course, I'm man. doing the right thing. You I'm, are doing I'm the on right the right thing, path. Man. You yeah. are doing the right thing, man. Yeah. No, congrats to you, man. But I mean, yeah. honestly, I appreciate you. Because Lindsay said a similar thing about like, you know, it was, it was great to you invited me on the show. I really yeah. appreciate it. It feels really significant for me. And I'm like, honestly, you did me a huge favor. You know what I mean? Like, Blake's away. Normal when Blake's here, I'll just be like, all right, what do you think, Blake? And I just like, <laughs> you love it to Blake. I could be Draymond, and he could be Steph. Sometimes I yeah. could just pass it to him and let him shoot. Um, no, but I mean, you know, obviously, it, it takes a lot to replace a guy like that. Yeah, man. And, yeah. you know, you have stepped in. Lindsay stepped in. We will see who steps in next week as well. Yeah, dun-dun-dun. Keep that as a mystery, although it's it's not that big of a mystery, <laughs> to be honest. But um, anyway, so today's show, hour one, just going to be the two of us. We yeah. want to get a chance to chat about the NBA's offensive boom, and you've had a lot of stats on that. Yeah. Some um, potential rule changes we can sort of bring in. Just talk about that in general. Um, and, of course, hour two, we're going to look at the Warriors game. Every time the Raptors play the Warriors, we call Andy Liu, front of the program. Shouts to my my, uh, my area, Asian body double over there. So I'll see you soon, Andy. Um, and then we'll get Michael Grange in studio to talk about things here with the Raptors. But honestly, before all that, Chet versus Wemby, like, took over last night. Like Everything. Everything. I texted you this morning. I'm like, yeah, there's no we can't talk about this. Yeah. So um, is the rookie race over? Rookie of the year race over definitively after what you did last night? I mean, I thought it was over before last night's game. Okay. But I do think it's over now. Uh, and it's solidified over. Like, yeah. it, all respect to Chet Holmgren. Had he had a, a good game, too. That's he had the a funniest good, thing. Yeah, what did he finish? 23, 7, 5, and uh-huh. block, right? Like, yeah. he, he had a great game. OKC obviously lost, mm-hmm. which is, I guess, surprising, especially because San Antonio has not had a good season. Yeah, this is their 12th win of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it was turning that way already, just to kind of throw some numbers out there. Mm-hmm. Since January 1st, right, Chet is 16 points, eight rebounds, three assists, two and a, two and a half blocks on 54 sh- shooting from the field, 39% from three, 70% from the free throw line. Yeah, nice. Wembenyama. Yeah. Oh, by the way, those are good numbers. Like really uh, for a rookie, yeah. big man cool. on a number one seed in the Western mm-hmm. Conference, really respectable. Yeah. He's done a lot for them, all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Wemby, since January 1st, yep. 
23 points, mm-hmm. 10 rebounds, almost four assists, mm-hmm. one and a half steals, leading the league in blocks at 3.5 blocks per game yep. on 49% from the field, 36% from three, 83% from the free throw line. The craziest stat, yep. he is shooting 46% on pull-up threes. Yep, yep. Since January. Well, 1st. I mean, he's got to pull up because nobody on the Spurs knows how to set him up properly. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we, we saw the battle last night. Uh, Chet, 23, 7, yep. and 5. Wemby, 28, 13, and 7. More importantly, I mean, every time they play each other, they love going at each other. I you love know, it. This is a rivalry that even goes before they end in the, enter the NBA. Um, USA you know, versus you, France. Exactly. The, right. Yeah. And so, you know, these two guys, they're all pretty much unique as well based on their playing style, based on their body type, all that kind of stuff. They go straight at each other every single time. And it's not to say that, like, you know, Chet could never score on 1B because he did plenty of times in this game. Yeah. But it felt like every time Chet scored, he'd be like, okay, I'm going to scoop under 1B for, like, a little layup. And then Wemby would come back the other way and just pull up for three. And then, obviously, in the final possessions there, when the Spurs were pulling away, Chet trying to go one-on-one, a step-back fadeaway for a seven-footer, step-back fadeaway. And Wemby blocked that thing so casually to the point where... Made him Chet, look like he was a child. Yeah, Chet literally sat down. Yeah. And my whole thing was just like, Chet's got Chet's to pick a different rival. <laughs> like, somebody else. You pick Brandon Miller, you know, pick yeah. someone in this draft. Anyone else, man. Like, Chet versus Scoot Henderson. Like, let's make that the headline. Like, no, you, you just picked the wrong guy. You know what I mean? It's like, tough. It's, it, tough. I feel bad in a way for Ronaldo because he had to, like, go up against Messi all the time in comparison. Right. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. At but, least that one's closer, though. I, I was gonna say I appreciate the fact that you made that comparison because for uh-huh. me it's like that too. Messi is is on a different whatever. We're, we Even don't in have... a way, like last year, like okay, it was like Nunez versus Holland, and yeah. I'm like, look, man, I love Darwin. It's, that's a mad lad. I love that Holland's man. Holland's on a different but level. Come on, we gotta yeah. take a different rival. That guy's like, a machine, man. Um, rival Kai Havertz or something. Like you know, the thing with Wemby is like mm-hmm. the way that he plays the game you just don't know what the final product is going to look like because it's yeah. still so raw the way he moves on For the sure. floor. Yeah. There, obviously, there's a level of coordination, but mm-hmm. in that coordination, there's still such so much like untapped potential. And you always wonder to yourself, like, what is what is 25-year-old, 26-year-old Wembenyama going to look like? Yeah. Like, how is that? A little type? bit stronger. Yeah, probably a little bit stronger. More. Better ball handler, maybe. Yeah, more skills. Yeah. Yeah. Better shooter, even mm-hmm. though, like, he's already become a better shooter over <laughs> half a rookie season. Yep. I just, I, like, I think I don't want to get ahead of myself, you know, and kind of, like, make this crazy declaration, but he's been everything we've hyped hyped him up to be like yeah, the yeah. the greatest prospects since LeBron all that stuff mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. guy who's going to change the league obviously seven foot four guy who can kind of expand his range and right. it's funny to see the comparisons with Chet because two, those two guys entering the league at the same time it sort of ties into the offensive explosion thing mm-hmm. because we're seeing all I mean we don't we, we can talk about that later but we're seeing the way offenses explode and the way players are evolving and yep. You know, you talk about the archetypes that Chet and Wemby are, which are these, like, stretch fives who can block shots, who mm-hmm. can dribble the ball, who can do pretty much anything mm-hmm. on the court. That didn't exist 10 years ago. Like, you think of, like, Dirk Nowitzki was, yeah. a, was a byproduct of this, right? Dirk yeah. Nowitzki was an evolution of the big man, mm-hmm. and now you're seeing Chet Holmgren and Wemby take that to a different level. You're seeing, obviously, like, Hakeem Olajuwon in the 90s mm-hmm. was, like, a revelation in terms of big man, and you're seeing them take it forward. I just, I think the evolution of the big man is such a fascinating aspect of the game because it dictates 
what happens in the NBA so much too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think what the, in the unique case of these two guys with, with Chet and Wemby, I mean, it's the specific skill set in that specific body. Yeah. Uh, and in this specific era of the game. I mean, like the closest comparison you could get is like probably a KD, but KD primarily played as a perimeter player. Yeah. Um, yeah, they call him, I mean, as a draft prospect, they called him the XXL, Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, supersize me, KD. And, and that's kind of what it, it, it feels like in a way. I think, now, KD is more explosive athletic than both these two guys, but I don't know. I mean, athletic is, is, is useful to a point, but, like, Wemby's like, yeah, I could jump six inches and dunk the ball. Yeah. It's I just, go on my tippy toes and basically dunk the ball. I still can't, like, the, the free throw line dunk yeah, that he had. over over Derek White. And it just didn't look like it was a problem no, for him. No, it was him. a space jam dunk. He <laughs> literally did the Michael Jordan and just extended his arm until he dunked it. Like, Oh, man. It's, yeah. It's incredible to see. And, I, like, mm-hmm. to your rookie of the year question, like, all respect to Chet because I think mm-hmm. OKC has been awesome. He's been a big part of them having the number yeah. one record in the Honestly, West. Honestly, at, at certain points this season, when you look back at November, December, yeah. he was ahead. Yes, absolutely. He was ahead, yeah. but that's not what this award is. <laughs> With all due respect. Yeah. All it's the- not like, oh, they got, like, 40 wins versus the Webby having, like, a dozen. It's no. like, nah, that don't matter, man. Yeah, rookie of the year, is, it Who's rarely is. Yeah. a winning type of thing. I don't, I don't think that's ever been the case. But. I mean, the most talented players go to the the worst teams typically. Yeah. Right? He just ended up being in a situation where, especially with the year out that he was able to have last year, recovery from injury, OKC was going to get even stronger, and now he walks into a situation where it's like, you know, you have to play with, like, an MVP candidate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have rookie of the year and MVP on the same team, man. He's like, Unless he, they're the same player. Like, I don't know if Kareem walked in and did something like that, but, like, yeah. Yeah. He's he's just Wemby is making you question what the next I mean, and the crazy thing is you can't like replicate a Wemby. You can't you can't say like there's oh no, there's there's more seven four guys coming to the league. Exactly. I mean, there's no know? touch points that you're like, okay, you know, this guy did this at this time and whatever. Yeah. Like sometimes we go like, okay, what did Giannis do at this age? Compare that to like what Scotty did. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you could maybe try to like extrapolate. Draw through line. You can't do that Wemby. No, yeah. there's there's nothing. There's he's, the only stuff is like, okay, first five by five game since Nurk. Which is, by the way, crazy that oh, Yusuf yeah, Nurkic, so Nurkic in 2019 was the last guy to do a five uh-huh. by five game. Yeah. Um, first te- ten block game as a rookie since David Robinson, mm-hmm. another Spurs mm-hmm. legend. First yeah. rookie to record last night. First rookie to record five threes and five blocks in a game. It's like right. these are just regular things he's doing. It doesn't even seem like it's outside of the bounds of yeah. what is possible for him. Mm-hmm. It just seems regular, and I I don't know. Like, even on the defensive end, he's been super impactful for the yeah. Spurs. What's, what's going to happen what's, when what's he figures you, it out? What's the stat you hit me with? Which one? You're you you arguing that he could be, he could already be in the defensive player of the year race. I mean, he could be in the race. I think Gobert has locked no, no, it no, down. No, for sure, for sure. You know? But, but he's a valid candidate because yes. when he's on the floor, how gotcha. good are the Spurs defensively? So, right now, off the floor, mm-hmm. they... If Wemby is off the floor, 121 defensive rating, it would yeah. be dead last in the league by far. Okay. 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On the floor, mm-hmm. 114 defensive rating, which okay. would be t- like there's a bunch of teams that are tied from about 9 to 15, yeah, yeah. like in that range. It would be about a top 10 to 15 defense in the league. Yeah. He goes, they go from the worst defense to a good defense yeah. in the league just by putting them on there. And, and by the way, like, and it's He's, all him. <laughs> it's all him. It's all him, and, obviously. And the yeah. craziest thing is he can be out of position. He can, sure. pump, like, bite for too many pump fakes, mm-hmm. get into foul trouble. Like, he's still not a finished product no, on the defensive end. This is literally the worst one we'll see. Yes. Yeah. 
that's the craziest <laughs> this part. This is literally the worst one we will see. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I think, I think he will get Defense Player of the Year votes. Mm. I, I would be surprised if it's, if he's on like, you know, we, we'll probably talk about some crazy rookie seasons here yeah. in a second. And it's going to be weird to look at Wemby's first year and the fact that he wasn't an all-star. Because yes I, no. I get it, yeah. the Spurs suck. Yeah. And good. the West was so competitive yes. this year. Like, yes. so many towns. And that's not going to change in the future years. No, that's true. But, but whose who spot are you not? Who, like, who, who do you got to bump off the team That's for? a good point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even remember the West All-Stars right now. Like, the worst West All-Star was, like, Paul George. Yeah. Or Cat, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Only the number one seed. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I've been thinking about this. And it's just like, okay, Wemby is the first rookie since. Talk to me. Yeah. Like, which rookie like is you know he's the best rookie since who basically right and and okay. to put it into perspective right now when he's averaging 20.8 uh 20, 20.7 points 10.2 rebounds 3.4 assists 1.3 steals and 3.3 blocks absurd numbers um yeah i think to me like when you look at points wise i mean since 1990 let's just let's just do a cutoff there essentially the last 30 years so like this century essentially yeah yeah you got, you got like ai 23.5 in 1997, pretty pretty good player. That yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, Shaq in 1993, 23.4. Blake Griffin, 22.5. That's one that surprised me a little bit. 2011, but I forgot how good Blake Griffin was instantly with he had the an Clippers. Insane prime. Like if you do prime yeah. Blake, in but he like entered the league in his prime. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and then, and then the injuries fell. and all that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, but he came in the league very ready to go, and he and he was like the last rookie where it was like, you have to see everything he's yeah. doing, right? Um, Luca, 21.2 points per game, 2019. Tim Duncan, 21.1 in 1998. And then LeBron, just slightly overwhelmed me right now, at 20.9 right. points per game. Those are, the o- those are the only players. AI, Shaq, Blake Griffin, Luca, Tim Duncan, LeBron. Pretty good. Average more points as a rookie than Wemby right now. And th- those are rookie year winners. Um, rebounds, whatever. I mean, he's rebounding the ball a ton. It just really just depends on if you play as a big or not. To me, when I thought about it more and more, I'm like, there's there's certain players that he's in contention with. So Luca, I think he's in contention with in terms of just like the best rookie season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luca won Rookie of the Year, averaging 21, uh, eight rebounds and six assists in 2019. Yep. And I remember that season in particular because the Raptors that year obviously won the championship, and he put 35 on the Raptors, and he was getting guarded by like Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, OJ Anobi. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa. No, his his whoa. rookie year. That's you, tough. You could tell he was like, oh, he doesn't really even. I mean, he that does count as a rookie. Also sucked too, by the way. The Mavs. The Mavs were not about. a good team. Yeah, but he didn't even look like a rookie. Like the the no. real Madrid Luca mm-hmm. was there already, and yes. like he was just he was so comfortable. It didn't seem he felt like he was a ten year vet. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, that just. That's not how Wemby looks and feels. Like, you can still feel right. the rawness of what's going on sure. with him. For sure. And it, I think that's the scariest part because it's not a finished product yeah, at all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Lucas looked really controlled as a rookie in a way that Wemby doesn't yet. It's similar in contention to me, Blake Griffin. Again, that rookie season, 22.5 points, 12 rebounds, four assists per game. Yeah. And then LeBron. I mean, I, I throw LeBron in there. I mean, he was younger, but like 21, 6-6 six six as a rookie. Yeah. You know, pretty incredible. Carmelo was also a really good rookie that year, obviously. Uh, LeBron beat him out for rookie of the year. Um, those are the ones in contention with Wemby. The I only really over the last thirty years found three rookies that are like having better seasons than Wemby is having right now. Okay. Tim Duncan. Actually, I'll go to Tim Duncan last. AI I mentioned earlier, he was averaging like twenty four four and eight with two steals per game. I mean, pretty pretty damn good yeah. for uh, AI. Shaq nineteen ninety three twenty three points, fourteen rebounds. 
3.5 blocks per game. Famously, like, one of the, maybe the best rookie yeah. season. He walked yeah. in the league, he was breaking backboards, made the All-Star game as a rookie, yeah. uh, you know, was seventh in MVP voting that year for, for Shaq with the Magic. And then Tim Duncan, I think, honestly, in the last, like, 30 years, is just, to me, he had the best rookie season. 1998, he averages, walking into this league his first season, 21 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2.5 blocks. He's fifth in MVP voting. He makes all the uh, all NBA team first team. First team as a rookie. As a rookie. All defensive team, second team, all-star game, uh, rookie of the year, and he was fifth in defensive player of the year voting. So those are the guys That's with better insane. numbers. The thing is, and the thing I haven't said uh, you know, up to this point, Wemby's averaging 28.7 minutes per game right now. <laughs> he's, he's at 21, 10 rebounds, three assists, and three blocks in 29 minutes per game. These other guys all played basically 39 to 40 minutes per game. 11 more minutes per game than, yes. than what Wemby is doing right so now. So on a per-minute basis, Wemby really is just having the best rookie season we've yeah. seen in the last 30 years. I mean, I think the fact that you can bring up the... Let's just, for, for reference, yeah. do the per-36 Let's numbers. just go per-36. Okay. Because, again, Tim Duncan played 39 minutes as a rookie. Yeah. Shaq played 38. AI played 40 minutes per game. And those okay. are the three that I've really found that are better than him right now. I have his per-36 numbers here. 26 points. Yeah. 12 and a half rebounds, yeah. uh, four steals, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, four, four assists, one and a half steals, four blocks per yeah. game. Uh, and he would be doing it on pretty much the same efficiency. So 26, 12, yeah. four. And, and that's, that's comparable yeah. to and, Shaq, to Tim, to, you know, it's just, I just, it's terrifying, man. And you don't know what the rest is going to look like. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the thing with Chet, with, mm-hmm. with Wemby. And you know what's funny? You brought up the the Carmelo LeBron rookie year. Yeah. I think that's a pretty apt comparison because okay. if I remember correctly, I was young, but I I go back yeah. and do this stuff a lot and like look back at history and you know kind of see what it looked like back then. Carmelo really started out the gate hot in that year, mm. two thousand three, mm. and then I believe halfway through the season, the Cavs made a couple of trades, opened up the floor for LeBron a little bit. Mm. And then LeBron just kind of took over and went. And he figured out the league a little bit more, too. Uh, I think so. <laughs> and if you look 20 years past, like, uh-huh. their, their their careers are not comparable. No. All respect to Carmelo. Yeah. Going to be a Hall of Famer. I believe yeah. he might be already a Hall of Famer. No, he's going to be a Hall he's of Famer. He's going to be, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. You got to wait five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, hey, like... That's a pretty decent comparison. Chet's still going to have an incredible career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably uh, all things considered injury-wise yeah, yeah. and all that stuff, we'll have a good career. But Wemby has yeah. greatest of all time potential. Yeah. Do you do you see That's, that? Do you like – Oh. <sighs> it's hard to say that when you've only seen 55 games of a dude. And it's There's crazy no way you can bring it out, up. though. That's the thing. There's no way you can rule it out. Right. You know what I mean? And, again, you go through all those names. Like, we're talking about, like – the creme de la creme. We're like we're talking about Tim. The Duncan. greatest of grace. Yeah. AI. We're talking like you know LeBron. Like yeah. <laughs> and in his rookie season again, especially on a permanent basis, is already above those guys. Yeah. In terms of what they did as a rookie, so I I guess my thing is like, man, the Spurs got to add some talent though, man. That, this is the thing. Like, <laughs> don't we, don't waste any time with him. Would please. you Would you rush it now, knowing how good he is? You know, the, uh, I what remember is you guys. It? Like, what is would, you, it? would you go for a trade this summer? Because I know the Congress. Would I go for trade this summer? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. If if the chips, I mean, they have what? They have 14 first round picks, including the Raptors, by what the way. What are you going to use those for? Yeah. Just Especially when you have Wemby. That's like, what I mean. 
We try to draft somebody and develop them? Like, no, man. Let's get some good players. Like, look at who he's playing with. Pancake Mamba. Yeah, look who he's playing with these days, man. <laughs> no, he would be more than a Pancake Mamba for sure. He'd be a crate Mamba because he's French. Um, nice. Julian Champagne. He started with Julian Champagne last night. Yeah. Jeremy Sohan, who, like, maybe he'll stick around, maybe uh, okay, not. Okay, cool, versatile defender. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Three threes last night for Jeremy. Yeah. Good for him, man. Two, two for two from the free throw line, too, one-handed. The one-handed. Yeah. yeah. Trey Jones. They don't even have the better Jones brother. They got no, Trey they Jones working with him. But he's him. been good. I, I, he's been good for Wemby. Okay. Which is important. Devin Vassell. I like Devin Vassell, actually. So I'm, no, yeah. no beef with Devin Vassell. Zach Collins coming off the bench? Not good. Yes. Chetty Osman, Keldon Johnson, Malachi Bronham, Blake <laughs> Wesley. Like, a lot. Of, some of these guys won't even play on the Raptors. Right. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Let's get him some help. That's all. I think oh. the type of help. What did I just hear <laughs> That's Darko saying who. <laughs> uh, long story. Real who. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Darko's really been really quotable this year. Yeah, he's had some quotes. Yeah. Hey, Pizza Party too. We'll talk to Michael Grant. No, about no, that actually, yeah. yeah. I regret to inform you the Pizza Party is dead. Okay. Sorry. Oh, this this yeah. comes from up no. top. No, it's dead. Sorry. It's done. done. Yeah, sorry. Um, it wasn't my choice. The types of players Wemby necessarily needs mm. is an interesting conversation to have. Like, Good what ones? kind of yeah? Good ones is not NBA Julian players, Champagne. not Julian Champagne. Again, they don't even have the better Champagne brother. Like, <laughs> what's going on? But but I think generally finding the fits that work yeah. is interesting because mm-hmm. he needs a point guard, in my opinion, to set him up a little bit. Sure, you see that with Trey Jones. They're plus two point five in their minutes together so far this season. Mm-hmm. He's been great since moving into the starting lineup. I believe in like January first. Uh, Devin Vassell, another mm-hmm. guy, guard can kind of create for himself. Oh, score, yeah, score first type of guy, right? Yeah. Him, Trey, and Wemby together, plus 11 yeah. together, which would be a really, really good team. It's just like you said, finding NBA players to surround them with yeah. and filling out that roster with guys that make sense. It's funny because there's this conversation as height becomes more important in the NBA, or I guess important again in the NBA. It's like, do those guards go extinct? Like, does a Trey Jones just not become important anymore? And I don't think that's the case. I think you still need that ability to set someone up, a table setter, organize, to be a quick bursty guy that can get to the rim, engage defense, and then kick it out. Like, that's still a really important skill to have. Mm -hmm. And you need those type of players around Wemby to maximize him. What that looks like, like, there's a guy in the 2024 draft, Rob Dillingham, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Kentucky guard, right? Um, Long legs, jumps out the gym. Jumps out the gym. He would be perfect next to Wemby. Like, he would be a perfect guard. But, bro, guard. you can tell me anybody next to Wemby. You're right. That's true. That's true, too. Yeah. But I, I hear you. Though. Keep going. Keep going. I, point, I yeah. think, like, I, in general, you need to facilitate guys who can obviously play defense, mm-hmm. but also be able to guard and play guard yeah. and, and work around him. Like, you know, for a long time, LeBron needed guards next to him. You know, Kyrie, yeah, Uli sure. Gibson, Mo Williams. I know those guys aren't comparable. I don't comparable. know if you needed those guys, but... <laughs> I don't yeah, uh, you I know, different tiers there, different yeah, yeah. levels. Well, Eric um, Snow. Yeah, Eric Snow. Your yeah. boy. Yeah. Sure. Eric, hey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching Eric Snow highlights upstairs, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you need you need those type of players. And I guess I'm I'm curious to see how quickly the Spurs accelerate this mm. thing. Because like I said, 14 first round picks from now till 2030. Yeah. It's not OKC level, but yeah. you can definitely get into the conversation for a Trey mm-hmm. if you need that type of guard. And him and Trey, man, like it would, I think, yeah. if there's any type of player that can insulate Trey Young's defense, sure, yeah, it would probably be a guy who, even out of position, is blocking guys like he's blocking a child. Yeah, 
I, for sure. I, I think that that's a nice fit. It's probably the best player available this summer if he does become available. Sure. And I wouldn't mind it. And, you know, if you're going to compete in the West, you're going to need some damn good guards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just look at some of the starting point guards on these teams or the, or the ones who are the lead playmakers on these teams. Like, you know. Steph, like, Jamal. Like, Shea, we just saw Shea, him last night. Yeah. The way, the way Wemby was blocking Shea, too, yeah. I'm like, yo, damn, that's scary. Honestly, as a Team Canada fan, I'm like, I, <laughs> I, Canada I versus France is going to be tough. I, I don't want to see the rematch of Canada versus France. You know, it was one thing when it was Rudy Gobert and, and Evan Fournier. Now it's now it's Rudy, Embiid, and Wemby, which is no, just... no, Embiid is Embiid's going with Team USA. Oh, you're right, you're right, right. You're he's right. an American. You're right. Yeah, I, he's on, changed man. so many times. I have no idea. He's so. an American, man. He's yeah, you're, you're right. right. He's right. eating hamburgers at a at a drive-through, and is he? <laughs> he's got the pinstripes on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, in any case, so like, yeah, I mean, it, it, you just need somebody to to play with them. But it, it's 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 been very fun to uh, to watch one be for sure. And I don't know, a spectacle. He he genuinely is. I, I think I, obviously this is the Raptors show, and yeah, I th- you always see some complaints where people are like, well, just talk about the Raptors. And, uh, no, we will trust me, we will. Yeah, okay, it's coming. But I think in general, well, it's just really really good for the sport. And I think yeah. that at least so far, I mean, we haven't even seen him grow as a person yet. Mm-hmm. He's like twenty years old, but. He seems to have a really good head on his shoulders. One thing when I watch him play, too, he doesn't really play for the highlight. Right. Like, he's not, like, he entertains you by just what he's doing, not necessarily, like, trying to make a flashy play. Yeah. Like, he, if he wanted to, he could spike probably six shots out of bounds every game. Yeah. He has all the he intangibles, doesn't. man. He always collects his own blocks. Yeah. Well, it's possession. because he just has to grab it. Like he doesn't even jump that much, which I actually think is for, for him not jumping that much. That's going to be better for his longevity. Probably. Yeah. That you know makes what I mean? Sense. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of good things. And of course, like a lot of things have to pan out. You got to have good luck. You know, the way he matures and the way he grows. But even the way he speaks right now, he seems really insulated. You know, you know when he when he went to Vegas, he's like, <laughs> I want to go to Vegas. It's like a, it's like a, it's it's like a hellscape. Hell, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of, I understand where he's coming I, from. I feel you. Like there's some fun things to do in terms of just like, yeah. you know, and of course people have their own individual tastes, but Still, he's like, yeah, after the game last night, he probably went to bed and read a book. I'm not mm-hmm. even kidding. Yeah. That's his daily routine. Dude, after the game, the post-game interview where he said, I miss this. Yeah. Like, I, I love playing here in San Antonio. was on the road for a while. Mm-hmm. So him being able to embrace the crowd like that. Also, just the fact that San Antonio is obviously a historic organization. David yeah. Robinson, Tim Duncan, now they mm-hmm. have Wemby. I think the importance that he will have economically on the league is yeah. a huge... like. You know, you talk about LeBron. Every time LeBron went to Cleveland, the economy of Cleveland, like, mm. doubled and tripled. And right, That says a lot about Cleveland. It, it does. It does. <laughs> no have one you... man's doing that in Toronto. I'm just saying. <laughs> but, like, Wemby's, yeah. Wemby's going to have a similar effect in San Antonio, I sure. imagine. And yeah. the other Maybe. aspect of this is, you know, there's been this conversation about face of the league and mm. who's going to be the face, who's going to be this. Like, yeah. you know, there's Ant Edwards, there's Shea, there's Jokic, there's Luka. Like, yeah, these guys there's... are obvious. Hello. Giannis? No. Derek, play the clip. Scotty Barnes oh, yes. is going to be the Sorry. face of this league. <laughs> Scotty Barnes. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah there's Scotty Barnes. Yeah. But realistically, from going to All-Star Weekend and seeing how much they were propping him up mm-hmm. to, you know, airing his games when he was in France on the NBA app yep. to everything that they do. Even though the game they set up last year to build up hype, him versus Scoot. Yeah. 
Speaking of guys who went up against rival Wemby. <laughs> it's like it's not, it's not like, a competition uh, anymore, man. We don't, we don't talk about Wemby versus Scoot no more. Yeah. yeah sorry, that's, also, that's also another characteristic where it's like every rivalry, he's making a non-rival. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's not a competition with uh, any of these guys. Yeah. All respect to Scoot and Chet. You I don't think about you at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> sorry, Scoot Henderson. That's the part that's crazy to me. Face yeah. of the league, I think it's it's clear where we're headed here with with how he looks. You know? We're in a good spot, honestly, talent-wise yeah, in the league, for sure. I think the real question is, is there too much offense in the league? And that's been a big point of discussion, so we're going to take a quick break and come back with that. Been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, presented by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Welcome back to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, William Luke. To be joined, Spandiar Barini. Yo. We're going to talk about the offensive explosion in the league, and S is going to give you some stats some context around just how much offense has changed in the league. Yeah. Um, first, for kind of a, a point of reference here, I wrote about this for Forbes, I think, at the All-Star Weekend. I got to talk to a lot of players about this. Got to talk to Steph Curry, Jalen Brown, all these types of players. There was a wide range of opinions on how to change this, if it was worth changing, everything like that. Uh, but just to give you guys some context, right? Points per game since the 2013-2014 season. In 2013-2014, Teams average about 100. Shout out to Amit, by the way, for pulling up all these stats. Mm-hmm. My guy. Nice. Um, points per game in 2013-2014, the average was 101 points, right? Now, oh, yeah. it's 115, which okay. is big. But right. even to contextualize it a little bit more to this relevant era, I guess, over the last five years, in the 2018-2019 season, the Warriors had the number one offensive rating in the league at 115. Mm-hmm. Now, the number one offensive rating in the league is the Celtics at 121, okay? The Sacramento Kings last year set the all-time record in offensive rating at 119.4 points per 100 possessions. Mm -hmm. There were, before the All-Star break, five teams that were beating that mark already. There's Mm. there's now three, so it's shifted a little bit, but Mm. there were five teams that were already lapsing the, the Sacramento Kings from last year. 13 of the top 20 offenses in NBA history mm-hmm. are happening this season. So yep. the offensive explosion is just out of this world, especially this year. Uh, Tim Bontemps from ESPN also covered this. He had a really, really great stat I wanted to bring up to you. The space that's covered by off by defenses has increased by about 5% just since the 2021-2022 season. What does that mean? So... The surface area mm-hmm. that a team has to guard yeah. has increased by 5%. How gotcha. they track that, that is ESPN stats and solutions to sure. figure out. I so no I idea. imagine it was like at the three-point line. Now it's like probably a two, little three bit. feet above the three-point line. Sure. Yeah. And if you, I mean, that's only from 2021, 2022. Mm-hmm. If you were to compare it, we were just watching 2001 NBA Finals. Athletes. Oh, man. It's like not even comparable. Yeah. Although there's some moments where you're like, hey, you can see where, where this is going, right? Yeah. Now the point is. Do you think we have gone too far 
Mm-hmm. Do you think offensive explosion has gone too far? And I guess the the side note to this is why has offensive explosion gone too far? How do how do you feel about all that? Yeah, I mean, first off, I appreciate the the research by both you and Ahmed uh, around yep. this subject, uh, just to give people like a, a sense, a context. You know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. got to think about NBA basketball in the same t- uh, that you had to think about like a junior chicken. You know, you can used to get <laughs> you used to get three junior chickens for five dollars. Oh man, don't, now don't it's two remind junior me, chickens man. for five dollars. Now it's just one junior chicken for five dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't and even that's... get the the sp- the spicy Thai sauce on it. They took it away. I'm sorry, that's just me talking about McDonald's. Oh, weren't you were doing that? Yeah. That's, I, you know, I, I got to put you game. on, man. I gotta, I gotta, you got to respect your game. Big boy like me knows what's good. All okay. right. <laughs> so, All go right. Um, but in any case, so there's obviously a lot of factors that have gone into this, right? I think mm-hmm. a couple things. Number one, skill-wise, it's just undeniable that players are, especially in terms of, in terms of more efficient scoring, yeah. skill, players are definitely way more skilled at things like three-point shooting. People are definitely better across the board at handling. And yeah. honestly, it's not even just the top-end players because you you could tell me, like, I don't know, man. You can't tell me, like, AI is less skilled than, like, whoever the best guard is right now, right? Or, like, sure. Sh- SGA, whatever. SGA, yeah, yeah. AI versus SGA, the skill-wise, are probably kind of almost similar. Yeah. It's the bottom-end players. Mm-hmm. I was watching, for some reason, I was watching a video compilation of Andre Roberson. That's just, like, great. That's sick. Absolutely airmailing threes, wide open ones from the corner where he has 10 seconds to shoot that thing and nobody's <laughs> coming close to him. And this is for an OKC team that went to the conference finals. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, a, that was the, the year they went up against Steph, right? They were up 3-1 mm-hmm. on Steph in a 73-win season yeah. with Andre Roberson shooting that from the corners. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no more, there's no more Tabo Cephalosha. There's no more. If you compare number one options now versus number one options in the past, maybe not that much advancement. Yeah. But number four, number five options from this and the rest of the past, not even close. Yeah. No, that's, I I love that point because the bar has moved up. Yeah. The floor for all these guys is just the skill wise. To bring up something local, you mentioned 2013, 2014, NBA offense is averaging 100 points. Now it's 115 points. Yeah. Uh, Who was the Raptors backup center in like 2014, 2015, that range? Chuck Hayes? Yeah, Chuck Hayes. Our yeah. backup center is Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Offensively, like, come on. <laughs> Not even comparable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, in, in any case, there's a skill jump. I think there's also a tactics jump. For, for a large time, the NBA just played as if the three-point line was there for decoration. We just watched the 20, 2001. <laughs> so, in the 2001 yeah. finals, like... 90% of the guys were just, like, on the three-point line. Yeah. Not not behind it, yeah. not in front of it. They were on it as yes. if it didn't exist. They would step on it, you yeah. know, uh, and, and as if that was also counting for three points. You used to hear back in the day, especially when you watched it, right, a guy closed out to a three-point shooter, they pump fake, and then they take one dribble, fly past the closeout, and take a long two. Yeah. And they would always say, what a smart move. <laughs> Seriously, that was, like, that was a smart, no, you, fundamental right. move, right? Yeah. And that was, like... Not just um, the commentators, like, you know, being wrong. Or, it's not even about that. That was just a consensus at that time. Yeah. Skill, in terms of tactic-wise, we have seen a progression in tactics towards where you find both efficiency and also what leads to wins. Right. And, of course, we've seen that take place after changes in tactics actually led to championships. So the heat going small. 
mm-hmm. going to championships. Chris Bosh at the five. Et Chris Bosh yeah. at the five. Yeah. Then you see the Spurs with their ball movement and all that, and, and the emphasis on the three. When the Warriors come up like that and they're shooting threes with this reckless abandon, which yeah. honestly at this point, they're they're like a below average three-point shooting team yeah. based on how much teams shoot the three. So you see a tactics change coming as well. And then on top of that, I do think that there are actual skill changes. You know, you might say that like players aren't as physical as they were before. Average age of the league is younger. You know, maybe attention to detail isn't as high. Fundamentals, you, a blame AU. Like you can go down the list, but to me, the major two are just like the worst guys in the league are a million times better than the yeah. worst guys in the past. Skill levels are good across the board. And then tactics-wise, the league is actually catching up to essentially more optimal strategy. Well, it's it's the implementation of data science. It's analytics being brought into the NBA over the last 10 years and saying, well, the, the best shot you have are, you know, three-point shots or shots within five feet of the basket. Mm-hmm. Layups and threes are what we want to optimize on any given night. That's changing a little bit now where teams are realizing the value of being able to score in that, you know, mid-range area. You talk about, especially in the playoff setting, like just being able to score and get to the bucket is super, super important. I think eventually you're seeing that optimization, but also we were talking about this before, the skill level allows for that, or maybe like the creativity that is Mm -hmm. involved in basketball allows for a little bit of a tweak. So it's it's the optimization plus, mm-hmm. hey, we have these guys who are highly skilled mm-hmm. who can do a bunch of different things, not just shoot threes, not just get to the lane, but do, you know, mid-range pull-ups, mm-hmm. floater game, you know, deep threes, whatever you want to call it. There's this level of skill out there that just didn't exist 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 13 years ago. And it, it, it relates, like, you look at the stats. Again, shout out to Amit, but he pulled it up. Three-point attempts in 2013, 2024. 21 and a half average. Now, every team, you know, averages about 35 a game. Is it more, yeah. You're shooting 14 more threes a game. That I don't even think the 73 1 Warriors shot 35 threes a game. You're probably right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. that's just an average team now. Yeah. The Detroit Pistons will put up 35 threes and it's not Very even a easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, we were talking about Wemby before this and how he kind of. The, the space being covered mm-hmm. whole aspect, mm-hmm. the great equalizer there, what is it? Length. Yeah. It's it's being able to cover more ground with your limbs. Yeah. And so that creates a little bit of an equilibrium. Mm. As big men become more important, and again, not more important, important again, mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe we see a correction here. And it's never going to be a perfect science. It, we're never going to reach equilibrium mm-hmm. with basketball. It's always going to be a give and take. But you're just trying to figure out what that is. And I think you see this offensive explosion. It's funny. Uh, Tom Haberstroh, mm-hmm. shout out to him. He's on the Blazers broadcast usually. He he just dropped an article today saying... He's got a sub stack, yeah. Yeah, got the sub stack. Um, scoring is down. It's post-All-Star break. Again, it's a very small sample. Mm-hmm. But why is scoring down? Because yeah. fouling is down 20%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And I guess this is the thing I wanted to ask you. What are some solutions in terms of this offensive okay. explosion? What do you think are some things that could work to maybe even the playing field, I mm-hmm. guess? Because clearly not fouling, not calling as yeah, much fouls sure. is part of it. But is there something else? So actually, before we even say that, honestly, to me, I feel like the league is realizing, quote unquote, they're getting closer to like optimal basketball, quote unquote, sure. right? In the way that like baseball has really over the years progressed more towards optimal baseball. Yeah. Of what statistically and how you should play, even regardless of talent, to get to the most result, which is wins, right? right? 
where people feel really uncomfortable with this is the most optimal basketball might not be the most aesthetic basketball Mm -hmm. that people actually enjoy. And so, yes, people enjoy winning, but do they enjoy winning under specific terms? And I think what's starting to happen is more and more basketball looks less and less like how you and I would go play basketball or or how the average person watching basketball (laughs) would want to... No, my point is like, you know, if you're going to your average pickup game, not everybody has two... Everybody spaced out perfectly in the corners. Yeah. Right? They're not running a high pick and roll... And well, they're probably running pick and roll, but they're not running a high pick and roll with a lot of pull up threes, and right. they're never taking mid range shots. On the, right. They're never taking you know like little like post up floater, like all that kind of stuff. That like realistically, the way you would like, I guess the average person has interacted with basketball in their life, whether they played it in gym class or some other higher level, whatever, or they just played at a playground. That's what they conceptually know to be basketball. And then when they see people playing this version of basketball, the more that version of basketball, which is optimized, which is much more athletic, much more spaced out, much more like honestly like strategy driven. Yeah. I feel like the bigger disconnect, people are going to be like, why am I watching this product? This is a different exercise. Can I can I read you a quote from Jalen Brown from the same sure. article I wrote? Yeah. Shout, again. This no, is, go ahead. Plug your, plug yeah. your stuff in. <laughs> get, your, get your stuff off. Okay, listen. So this is, this is exactly from All-Star Weekend. This is what Jalen Brown said. I thought it was a fascinating quote in terms of what players think yeah. about what the league wants. He said, I think this is... I think the league is getting what they wanted. They wanted high-scoring games, you know, create more things that could get marketed. As a purist, for the purity of the game, Mm -hmm. I would definitely like to see more defensive rules that could be on the side of the defender. Mm -hmm. It kind of seems like it's hard to guard anybody. That's why I give such respect to guys that are committed to that side of the ball. Sure, yeah. So That's fair. That's totally fair. I... I think there's certainly a commercialization of the game, too, that I think has gone hand-in-hand with the optimization of the game, too. Right, yeah. Right. but in any case, in terms of rule changes, I mean, I think number one across the board, if you want to help the defense, you call less fouls. This is top-down, broad kind of things. Now, I think the question is, what type of foul do you want to call less of or I allow have, more I of? I have one specifically that okay, jumps to mind. So when an offensive player beats a defensive player to a spot, mm-hmm. this is usually when you're driving into the lane. Yep. And I think there is room for interpretation in this. It doesn't necessarily need a full-blown change in the rule. Okay. But there's moments where a guard or even a wing mm-hmm. will drive, beat a defender to the spot, mm-hmm. and it'll automatically be a foul on the defender. Okay. I think there are, there are moments where that's absolutely the case. But there are also moments where the offensive player is clearly just trying to get the foul because they know, mm-hmm. like, you know, the the classic example is Trey Young. Trey Young does this a lot. But yeah, that little weasel. Right. <laughs> That's my nickname for him, the you call weasel. Him a weasel. He's a weasel, man. He just weasels he just around weasel out there. He weasels his way around. You're Hopefully right. he weasels with Wemby in the future. I would love to see that, man. <laughs> no, but ultimately, Tom and Jerry act yeah, over look, there. That yeah. would be Tom and Jerry. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that is a good just, call. I would, I would, you know what? I actually, I don't want him there. <laughs> I like the purity of Wemby too much. The purity of the game. Yeah, keep going. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think, you know, those type of fouls, could either be a no call mm-hmm. or I don't, I don't think it should but, be an offensive foul, but you just let okay. that level of physicality happen. If two guys get to the spot at the same time, if it's not excessive, mm. if it's not something that, you know, a guy gets thrown onto mm. the ground for, you can kind of let, I know it's, it's hard. It's part of the yeah. interpretation. And by the way, this is another side note issue here, okay. which is there's been, a ton of new referees in the NBA. A lot of the older referees have retired. This is a bigger problem. A lot of people, they're having a hard time recruiting. Yeah. Even though it's a really well-paid job, even though it's a pretty prestigious job, 
Um, hey, I would, I would love. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you get to wear the Emirates on the. They've got sponsorships on the <laughs> yeah, direct that's jerseys now. That's, that's that is wild. crazy. But yeah. no, this is an actual problem where it's like referees are taking, especially across the board in all sports, um, taking so much abuse. Yeah, and it's been highlighted to such a degree that it's actually made it really difficult to recruit more refs. Yeah, and I think it's almost artificially. It's it's a downward cycle in terms of the more you have bad ref decisions and also the the sheer amount of scrutiny that goes into it the less people they are able to recruit and then the less the quality goes down to down more yeah. and more. But no, anyway. I, I mean, I, yeah. I completely agree with that. Yeah. And But I guess, I, I don't know. No one has sympathies for the referees, <laughs> apparently. I'm sorry. Well, like, also, like, how do, you, yeah, how do you fix that other than just giving them the experience and giving them the time to figure things out? Like, there's no other way to do it other than to get reps, you know? There, yeah, well, there's less and less room for human error, and especially now that there's so much gambling in the game, too. Like, yeah. there's a huge... Way more, even more, 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 more scrutiny on, on refereeing. Yeah, yeah. As there should be, really. If there's people money on the line, of course you will want everything to be as transparent and honest as possible. Yeah, but absolutely. Anyway, I yeah. think that is the one type of foul. Okay. It's, it's not even. So you don't want like an offensive player jumping into a defensive player. Essentially. Yeah. And I, I, by the way, you don't I want th- Jalen Brunson to have a success. In this league? <laughs> the little, the like little shake pivot moves. No, nah. yeah, I don't mind his moves. It's yeah. Fine. No, he's he's crafty. I think ultimately. The NBA has tried to take this away. Mm. Like they t- they had those moves where if you jump and you're not jumping in your actual shooting motion, mm-hmm. we're going to call it an offensive foul now. Yeah. The, the kick out rule, all these right, type of yeah. things. They've tried to implement these things, but I just don't feel it's to the point where the defense has a chance mm. to be able to really be physical. And that's why, you know, we were talking to Danny Green yesterday. We mm-hmm. talked about the difference between the regular season and playoff basketball. Yeah. One of the bigger differences is that they allow more physicality. You, sure. You're yeah, able yeah. to guard and be a little bit more physical with your defender. I think you don't necessarily need a rule change. You just need referees to have a different interpretation of what the rule means. Okay. And that's a hard thing to distinguish. This is the one thing I push it back on. I think to me, it's like if the offensive player beats the defensive player to the spot yeah, and then there's contact, then the offense has won. You need to – the questions are if they both go to the same spot at roughly the same at the time. same time – then there should be kind of like a neutral. And right. then if the offensive player makes another move that baits a defender out of position, then you can punish the defender, right? But you, the, the tie cannot go to the offense. Okay. I, okay. Because I get what you're saying. I mean, like, look, if, if you beat me to the spot and I just like, and then I just cut you off by grabbing you or something like that, like right. that's, that's a foul. That's yeah, yeah. in any, well, not in most sports. It's like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and of course, if the defensive player actually beats the offensive player to the spot, that should obviously absolutely be a player a call on the defensive player um favor but yeah. I have, I have okay. another I have another suggestion okay what's this, is something, suggestion? this is something that's very common a very common suggestion which I don't agree fully with removing defensive three in the key that happens in Euroball that happens mm-hmm. in thing I don't necessarily agree with completely taking it away okay. by the way like in the NBA they don't call it much either they really don't call it much um what about extending it Instead you want five of, seconds? Give me five seconds. I don't mind five seconds. Because they're not going to call it anyways, but they're going to call it even less so now. The propon- the, I think the opposition to that is, while you already don't want to see a game with a lot of pull-up jump jump, jump shooting. Yeah. Um, Do you think that happens in... You probably have to shoot it more if, if the paint is more, like, clogged. But I think the alternate of that is now the perimeter players can play more physical and worry less about blow-bys. Right. So you have less of a chance to pull up. Yeah. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, I, I kind of like so that. So it's, it's a it's, it's a it's a given it's a give and take. I think. Do you? I don't mind it. I actually will be in favor of defensive five seconds. I also think uh, this doesn't help 
offensive uh, explosion come down, but I think it cuts the game closer to maybe an equilibrium that feels more like, um, I don't know, balanced? Yeah, I suppose balance is the way. Like, they kind of somehow make dunks worth three points as well. <laughs> the fact that a three-pointer is worth 50% more than a two is just like, right. it's too big of a relative advantage. What if they were to change it to like two and a half points? Okay, th- I, I, that would be ideal in terms of like mathematically, but I just right. don't think no one's going to be yeah, like, no, oh, man. A two and a half pointer. Kevin Harlan's like, wow. <laughs> Kawhi with a two and a half. And the, cl- and the Sixers the Clippers, are going home. <laughs> the Clippers are up 0.5. Is this the two and a half dagger? Like, no, that's just, it's too difficult. Oh, it's just like man. the dunk contest when they started doing the averages of people yeah, yeah, out of 50 yeah. and i was like obi Toppin with a 47.8 and i'm like what yeah no <laughs> what are we man, doing here man uh jacob Toppin got robbed by the way just another side note here but he did get robbed but he could have also done that cool dunk earlier in the yes, dunk on. He, he, i hate when players are like yo i was saving, saving this for the finals it, i agree i'm like man. yo you're presumptuous man do that stuff before <laughs> you get to the finals please you know what i mean is there is there anything else i guess offensive explosion wise like does anything come to your mind in terms of a change, I would say, s- you know what? I, let's let's go with some of the existing ones. Taking away the corner three, I, I'm going to say no. Absolutely not. I, I completely agree with you. That, that, that It just looks too silly, but I do agree that the corner three is a little bit too overpowered. Like, if you're developing a video game, you would patch out a corner three. What if they were to Like, extend- the fact that there's so many players whose whole career is just, I'm going to wait in the corner and catch a shoot from there. P.J. Tucker would be cooked. No, it's just, it's, it's, you're, not, you're not skilled enough to score that many points. Like, you shouldn't be rewarded that many <laughs> points for catching and shooting on the corner. Like, if you run to the corner or you, like, you know what I mean? Like, corner threes aren't created. By themselves, yeah. and I, that bothers me in a way. But I don't, I don't think you could change the geometry of the game that much. A little side note here before we go to break. Yeah, the Raptors are actually an interesting case of this because okay. you know if you think about how they've changed their, their identity from defense to offense, mm-hmm. it's kind of fitting to see how they'll kind of coexist in this new environment moving forward. Okay, I think that's just one thing I wanted to bring up. You yeah, know, to make it more Raptors related, it's like as this offensive explosion sure. is happening, as teams are trying to figure out how to play better defense. This is now a team that is trying to harp on the offensive side. Very interesting to see what mm-hmm. that trend looks like moving forward. By the way, uh, to the point of offensive explosion, last year's Raptors team, known for its misery in the half-court offense, <laughs> is actually the highest offensive rating the Raptors have ever posted in the franchise. <laughs> 115.5. All right. To put that in perspective, the Raptors, the year they won the championship with Kawhi, with Danny, with Serge, whatever, you know, 113.8. Wow. Last year's offense was the most efficient offense. That's yeah, the, the league is a little inflator. There's no doubt. But we're going to take our break. I've been your host, Will. You've been listening to the Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Brought to you by Campbell's new Chucky Spicy Suit. When we come back, friend the program, Andy Lou. Hey, it's Ailish Forafar. And I'm Justin Cuthbert. Join us as we discuss the most important sports stories of the day and tee up the biggest games of the night. It's the Fan Pre-Game, 6 p.m. weekdays on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. As man, two more segments left. How you feeling? 
Sad, man. Yeah. You know? End of end of an era. You want to take a chunky spicy soup as a memento? I, Just I, take it from the set, man. I don't want to. I don't want to have to do that to y'all, man. No, no, no. It's it's, uh, it's part of the ad. Oh, really? You have to take it. Listen, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you got to take it. I'm very excited to try this for you what it's be. worth. You should like, be. The spice. Where do you like your spice level, man? It's all right, right in the middle. This one. Listen, I can handle my spice. Yeah. I. I yeah, yeah. I, I hear it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I got to respect your game. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm like I could I could eat, man. <laughs> Like, listen, right. listen, so I, there's like these peppers that my in-laws make. Yeah. And every time they, they I, I, I go to their house, they're like, don't have them. I'm like, I'm having them. Mm. And then they, yeah, they're like, wow. Can't okay. be, they're like, I can't believe you're so good at handling your spices. All right. I'm a guy. I'm a spice guy. Get me on hot ones, man. Get you on hot ones. <laughs> what are you going to ask you on hot ones, man? What do you mean? <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. Commercials, bro. What are, about to, what are you about to tell Sean Evans, man? Go ahead. Yeah. What's the craziest thing you tell Sean Evans right now? Oh man, no. Listen, the spice isn't in me. I can't. I can't open yeah. up like that. No, you know? he backed off with hot ones. That's, <laughs> this is cold ones. All right, Andy Lou, Light Years Podcast. What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? Yo, we got you on mute. I don't you, know what's you're going muted, on, brother. Oh, classic, just classic boomer behavior. No big deal. What's up, guys? <laughs> what up, what up? <laughs> What's up, man? I appreciate you. Yo, so Steph's finally going to be... Happy Chinese New Year, by the way. Oh, Happy Chinese New Year. Oh, you're the dragon? I know you're too young for you're the dragon, man. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not, old, sis- you're not old enough to no, be 36, my- and you're not young enough to be 24. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I wish I was 24. My sister's you're the dragon, so it's uh, oh, okay. every... It is, so this is what happens in every Chinese suburb or, or wherever is that uh-huh. we're going to get a ton of kids that are going to be... Uh, the smartest kids ever because you know how you know every chinese family right now is trying to have a, a year of the dragon kid of course so. no that's the it, it is the coolest one though i mean if you're I'm, completely honest I, about it, i'm you know? year of the pig that's cool man is it, is, it, just is, that cool? How, is it cool you're, you're just talking about how you love to eat <laughs> <laughs> you're there's you're the rat you're the snake i'm you're the ram or it could be sheep yeah. but uh okay. no, ram sounds, ram cool, sounds ram is pretty yeah cool, sounds cool yeah. i can't all be monkeys you know like wily cunning makes friends these wait, wait, wait are, is, me, that, is that you monkey? you're the monkey man okay huh? yeah me and my mom and the both the that's same cool. that's um cool. all right andy this is not what people brought us in to talk about although honestly you and i will uh, we, we could talk about this all day really Raptors <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play the warriors tonight so steph is going to be playing in toronto for the first time since game five 2019 He's just been ducking Toronto, man. <laughs> he's just been the afraid. Of, he's been afraid of Fred Van Vliet, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I assure you, uh, uh, Quickly is going to go for forty tonight. Actually, I assure you. What? Wow, really? You know, uh, do you remember? I mean, you guys obviously do, but the last time the Raptors played the Warriors, that was disgusting. That oh, yeah. was one of the nasty, na- one of the nastiest games of the year, actually, with mm. Masai in the building asking for Kaminga. Oh, uh, yeah. the Warriors decided to no show. Yeah, so that was great. Was, <laughs> we're locked in. And by the way, you guys know the Warriors didn't get in till, into Toronto till like six seven or seven a.m. last night. Yeah. yeah, they had to change planes, you know. But I mean, I don't know, man. These guys. Tough life. Tough life, you know. Yeah. The private jet know. couldn't That doesn't get change much, man. That doesn't. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, well, yeah. speaking of Kaminga, because this is like, you guys got a number two option again, man. Jonathan Kaminga, I mean, if Masai were ever to have plucked the right one, uh, Kaminga would have been it, but it seems like look, Kaminga was never on the table. I mean, he's like he's the owner's favorite. It, when you when you reach that status, you're never getting moved. But I think he had a point, man. Like, I think he might have been light years ahead. Jonathan Kaminga right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, light years ahead. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. If it was light years ahead, Tyrese Halliburton's on the team. Oh. I, I I am one of the. Uh, <laughs> I'm one of the. Um, I'm not as high on Kaminga as everyone else. Really? Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
I'm, I'm not. That's I, surprising. I see the vision. So my type of player, I, I love watching Draymond. Mm. Uh, like his, his, I mean, everyone likes Steph and Clay. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's obvious, but not many people in my opinion, through the years, have understood that Draymond's the second best player on the Warriors. He's mm -hmm. been that way for long, obviously not counting KD. Um, and a lot of that is based on IQ and the way that they understand how to play basketball on both sides of the court. To me, Kaminga was never that guy, which is why I was always like, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. Turns out, though, that athleticism can just be a skill that you can't teach, kind of to me like uh, like IQ is. I, I think you can't teach IQ. Um, but with Kaminga, he he might be, what do you guys think, like top five athlete in the entire NBA, which is an NBA. Probably up there, yeah. Easily. Like, it, who it else is even close to us? Precious Sachua, for sure. <laughs> All right. I didn't think you'd go there immediately. Damn. Hey, but he, okay, whatever. Uh, Giannis. Well, 40 right? minutes a game, by the way. Yeah, Giannis is a good for, pick. For yeah, I like Giannis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Giannis is a good one. Giannis yeah, Giannis. Jaw. Ja, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, right. No, but Kaminga's right. in that category. Yeah, absolutely, category. absolutely. Yeah. He's just got to poster Yakaperto a couple times to, mm -hmm. to get the jaw status. That'll be. Uh, that... it, it could happen tonight? tonight. Oh yeah, he's Pertle playing tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's our that'll second. Be, he's our second be... best player right now, to be honest. <laughs> that's it's a little sad actually. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, I think I think that the thing with Kaminga is he's so athletic. He's actually learning how to play basketball. So I guess the point I'm trying to connect is. He's learning how to play basketball the way mm. that I think players that I love have always known how to play basketball. And mm -hmm. people always ask me, why does Bajemski play 30 minutes a game? He he's slow, he's small, and I'm just like, he knows how to play basketball. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Like he, he plays knows how bigger to than he plays big too. Like rebounding yeah. is incredible from pods. I rebounding takes a bunch of charges, right? Makes the right pass, all that stuff that Steve Kerr likes. That's why he plays 30 minutes. And mm. honestly, like more often than not, I think Warriors fans will argue that Kaminga should have been given more of a rope. But, you know, year three, he's I think he's figured out the offensive system that the Warriors play. And, and now he's putting it together. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I, second option stuff is interesting. Last night, he played the best game I think he did as a Warrior in New York. Hmm. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Because there really hasn't been much of a sample size for Kaminga in his career. I think part of it is not really his fault. Just where he ended up being. I think it's also getting him those playoff reps this year right like seeing how he does in a playoff setting because he didn't play did he he didn't play much he didn't play he, he didn't play yeah like barely in no. their 2022 i, 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 I mean, can't remember like 20 man. yeah i know he yeah. was super so, young. so so he played the first year they won the championship he they started him against memphis and he was terrible so they didn't they didn't play him again right um, I, I think that made sense. The second year last year, I thought was unacceptable. Um, because the team was a joke. I mean, mm -hmm. they were terrible, yeah. and they were getting bullied all day. Yeah. And Anthony Lamb was playing minutes. And the moments, the, the moment oh, the playoffs yeah. started, Anthony, Anthony Lamb got benched, and Moses Moody was playing. Honestly, it was unacceptable coaching. Um, and he sh he should have played. They were never going to win anything. Um, but I think part of it was you know Steph and Jim were kind of like, hey man, like this kid, he's kind of more into himself than he is helping the team. Like, forget it, we're not going to bother. That's the mm -hmm. same with Paul. Mm -hmm. You remember the Steph speech that they report on? Like that was directly yeah. to Paul and Kaminga, right? So yep. more more Paul, but Kaminga is part of that too. So um, this season we saw the same thing. I mean, he you know one of the games he got benched down the down the down the crunch time when their Jokic hit the game winner. Um, first thing Kaminga did was go go tell Shams how much he how much he didn't trust Steve Kerr. You know what I mean? So it's like stuff like that. I, again, I, I yeah. think Kaminga's right, but you know, doing stuff like that is kind of it's kind of crazy, right? It's kind of like you're not you're not that good. So so since then, I think they've figured out Steve and him have figured out like kind of what you need to do to stay on the court. And I mean, he's he's part of the future now. So how are you? I would I wouldn't say that three months ago. 
sure. I'm actually curious now, since you brought up the coaching aspect, how are you feeling about the extension, Steve Kerr just got? Yeah, you, you know, oh. it's <laughs> Sleepy Steve. Another yeah. term. Another term I, I, for I, Sleepy he's Steve. Like a, the most polarizing person on Warriors Twitter is Steve Kerr. Like everything. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jim Park. Well, yes, Jim Park too. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it, by proxy, Jim Park and, and Steve. I can't believe Jim Park has made it onto the Raptors show. But I, yeah, was, I was going to say that was impressive. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. That's my guy right there. But Steve, Steve is... Um, Steve is he's he's interesting because if you look at Steve mm-hmm. outside in, um, like Raptors fans, I'm sure Raptors they'd be yeah. so happy if Steve Kerr was their coach. I also think from a macro level, I can sit here and be like, yo, Steve Kerr's awesome on a macro level. Like how he handles the Wiggins situation is great. Mm-hmm. Right. right now, Wiggins gone again. And all that, like how he handled Clay coming off the bench is like there's not really many coaches in the NBA that can do that. But then you talk about the micro decisions, mm. right? Like we talked about Anthony Lamb. We talked about why Moses Moody didn't play all year. All of a sudden, he's starting now and he looks amazing. Yeah. Stuff like that. And you're just like, does he know what he's doing? Right? So it's just <laughs> he, he's, he's so okay. good at some of the some of the the bigger stuff, which I think what's more important, getting Clay to buy in right now in the next couple of years when he resigns that extension, right? Or, or figuring out like 10 minutes a game for Moody. Like I would mm. argue the Clay stuff is more important, which is why – Kirk got that extension, which is why he's the right coach. Also, I think the last thing with him is, look, man, if if they had gotten rid of Kerr. Dude, who's walking in and commanding the same respect from that group? That's true. And Steph's losing his mind. Steph Steph is not. Yeah. I mean, like, he's not going to request a trade or anything. It would never go that far because he would would step in and say, like, hey, just give Steve 20 mil or whatever it is. It's just this. So I, I honestly, that's probably what happened. Yeah. Just like let's just let's just get this done. And like for a guy like him, think about it this way: he turned down, he could have gotten a five-year contract like Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. And so you multiply fifteen times three, that three extra years, like he, it's another forty-five million that he turned down. Yeah. Uh, just because he was just like, I'm just gonna go what coach until Steph's contract is up. He turned down forty-five mil. I get he's rich, but mm. do you think Steve million, wants to coach gonna, if if it's outside the Warriors? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want to. I, I get the sense that he wants a break. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. I actually thought he'd be done this season because he wants a break. But yeah. I, I get it. Two two more years after this, step, line it up with Steph. Mm-hmm. After that, you know, I, I think Clay's going to sign a two-year after this, too. And, and just line it up that way. Draymond, I think Draymond's got an extra one mm. after that. And so, whatever. Just ex- um, but It's like yeah. extend the window, right? Just extend it yeah. to two, Dude, three nobody years. wants to see this group break up. No. That's why it was weird to see everybody, like, struggling. Clay, I think, has been... I mean, Draymond's punching people, but I think Clay was struggling more. Walk us through Clay's season. Like, what is, what is, to the average observer who only sees, like, an NBA Central headline here or there that only ever paints players in terrible light, like, walk us through, like, the on-the-ground, what Clay has gone through this season and where he is right now. So, I think Clay is is the... It's a story about how someone's grasping or grappling with their um their life, right? With their career, mm-hmm. not not real life, but yeah. their their basketball career and their mortality. I think that's yes. the word I'm trying mm-hmm. to go for. And he's doing it in real time and he's doing it without running PR. He's not doing the LeBron. Mm-hmm. He's not doing the the KD. He's not honestly like even Steph. Like Draymond, remember when he punched Poole and came out with a documentary? Like, what are you doing here? Everything everything's PR. Everything's a soft launch. Right? Yeah. Clay's not doing that. Right? Yeah. He's as honest as possible. He's like, look, man. Some days this is rough. 
Mm-hmm. Some days I hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm yelling at coaches. I'm yelling at players. I'm not getting along with people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going out there and some nights he's shooting 20 shots a game for no reason. Mm-hmm. Some nights he's not playing and he's getting benched and he's on the bench sulking. I, I think this is the most honest we've seen in a, a basketball player in a long time. 100% agree. And, I, and I, I think that's that's cool. Not, not for him because his career is kind of, you know, at the tail end. But I think when you talk about being a sports fan, these are the things that I think we don't get to see in the NBA anymore because everyone's so fake. Everyone is a brand. Everyone is trying to make money somehow. Mm. Everyone's got their own documentary. Nobody asked for half these documentaries, and everyone's <laughs> doing their thing. And Clay's just out there like, dude, this is this is who I am. Like, mm. I, I, I'm struggling, and I'm going to tell you I'm struggling. And you can see sometimes he's, like, tearing up out of crying. You can see how happy he is when he has good games. Yeah. Um I think that is 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 the story of Clay's season, and I think there were moments where uh, I don't know if he was going to be a warrior anymore. But this next stage of him telling us that he's happy to come off the bench, I think, kind of cinches the he's going to sign your two year extension at the mm-hmm. end of this at the end of this year, and he'll retire a warrior, which is the perfect. You guys said it. It is the perfect end for these three guys. I'm glad they yep. got there. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was looking pretty tenuous. If you had asked me the same question six weeks ago, I, I would tell you, yeah, I don't know about Clay and I don't know about Steve. And I mm. for sure don't know about Draymond. And now <laughs> it seems like, you know, they might they probably won't win the championship, but but they'll, they'll be here together. They'll I think there's there's a there's a certain like beauty in like, especially um in sports today, everything's so like analyzed to a degree that, you know, it ever has been. Um yeah. You know, there is so much more money on the line than there ever has been. And that all means that you have to have success now every single moment. Instant gratification. There is no, like, time for people to work things out. And the Warriors, as a function of how much you guys have already won, actually have that kind of latitude to be like, you know what? Yeah, we're struggling. Yeah, we're down. Yeah, we're four games over 500 right now. But, like, and we've lost a whole bunch of heartbreakers. I don't have to tell you that, Andy, this season. I've seen so many Warriors just stupid losses this year. You guys yeah, should really impressive. not be in the play-in. But, um, you know, at least they're in the right spot. Like, Clay's in the right spot where he can actually go through this. Because any other team, he would just be ostracized and dumped. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, 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 think, I think Steph, which obviously he's the leader in all of this, I, I think he would rather go into these next two and a half years with a with a 5% chance of winning a championship versus doing something maybe that the front office wants to do and trade these guys and go do something. Y'all don't want LeBron? I want LeBron. <laughs> you want I LeBron? You, I tell you right now, I need LeBron. <laughs> oh, I, need I would have I never. Wow. All I people, that's I, I never thought us. I would hear that from you, man. Dang. I, I've I never ever seen you act like this. You need LeBron? So I'm, no, I'm get out of different. here. Oh, I need LeBron. I don't know if the Warriors, I need LeBron because. <laughs> what do you need LeBron for, man? Is this, is this Steph? narrative stuff you're like oh lebron joining steph is that what it is oh that's like you see your like your light years see i was i was like maybe my third or fourth kind of thing but i (laughs) I think i think it's good for the nba i think the nba i think the nba is struggling it has been for years with with viewership i think puddings and you can argue that having steph and lebron in different places like that that's that's great because both places are doing great but 
Can you imagine the NBA having Steph and LeBron on the same team? They'll be the greatest seven seed of all time. <laughs> they will. They will. It'll be amazing television. It'll not be two, LeBron's. Not three. Not four. <laughs> but seven seed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's also good for my. It's also good for my podcast. Oh yeah, I get sure. more listens. Of course, that's Absolutely. the that's really the number one thing. But um, I do think the the two best players of the last fifteen years, them playing together, would also just be something we'll never see in sports. Yeah, like we never see it in the NBA. I think that's pretty cool. Um, it's gonna be eighteen documentaries I mean, following the team. Oh my god, the I last. Mean, there won't be beat reporters. There'll just be entire production crews. <laughs> oh, I mean, like the, the giant. My baseball team has a Korean guy. They have like an entire, like yeah. an entire Korea following yeah. him around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, same with Shohei. Yamamoto, Bro, we had Yuta like, Watanabe here, man. It was the same deal. We had a reporter every single day. Oh, sh- Shouts to Takeshi, man. man. You're my guy. But like, come on. You know, I, I hope Joe Hooley's better than the the Utah Adonabe of uh, of uh, NBA. That's for sure. I don't even know who that is, though. But I don't really follow <laughs> baseball like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Oh, man. I, I would love, enjoy. I, his, I would I enjoy his movies. <laughs> I I got that. I understood that one. Um, I would enjoy LeBron. And, and the other thing I think okay. you mentioned it is like is like I mean he's going to the Warriors. I I actually think that he wanted to go to the Warriors mm. and. I talk about PR stuff like Braun being Braun, like he wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna risk the the PR of saying like, oh, I I want to. Go I to joined, this. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna have to roll it out a different way this offseason. Like I think he's gonna have to wait to see how the playoffs. Oh, go. so you think you think this could still happen? Oh, 1,000 percent. This could still happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Um, it's it's LA or, or he's not leaving California, going across country in New York. No. But again, like I don't know, it's like a five percent chance, maybe a one percent chance. But I need it. Okay, I absolutely need this, it. This is I need like the, the drama, man. This is like the Shohei conversation we had this summer because me and Andy were talking about Shohei, yeah, you know, Blue Jays trying to go for Shohei. And he's is, like, "Are you still the- Shohei's stand account or no? I gotta look that up, man. I guess no, not because he's at the Dodgers. Not even, thing. No, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's no, tough. No, I am. I'm the Korean guy. I'm, this guy I'm just grandson of the wind stand account. <laughs> that's the that's the Korean guy's uh, nickname, man. It's great. Grandson of the wind. Yo, Asian nicknames are hard, man. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Pantry it won't be as pain. It won't be as painful if it doesn't happen because Shohei, she, you gotta remember, Shohei was choosing between teams versus, and, and the Dodgers oh, are. Yeah, yeah. You know where are we are, man. Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, we're fighting for Matt Chapman, the Giants and the Jays, man. It's how this how bad both teams Ooh, are. Man. I love, I love a man Matt. who hits two two thirty, man. <laughs> it's actually, love the Giants' that. favorite. Better love than two twenty. Uh, Eddie, I guess I'll ask you about Draymond, who probably tried to, you know, kind of set up that whole LeBron trade. Anyways, um, how has he been post suspension? Mm-hmm. I know the Dre at center lineups have looked good numbers wise and all that stuff. Uh, the defenses look better with him in the lineup and him and him and Kaminga and whatnot. How is that? How has that looked with him back? So they finally shelved the Kavon Looney Draymond. Four or five, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. talked about that. The net rating was the best in the league last year. Um, a little fluky. Um, he's back to who he was, man. Like he's mm-hmm. he's a little out of control. He's crazy, mm-hmm. but he doesn't go over the line, right? right? Like he's he's towing he's it. Got hard fouls. Yeah, he's yelling at refs. Yesterday he was going at one of the local guy, local reporters or local radio guys uh, on TV yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he's 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 all mad about that. Um, so he's he's acting like Draymond, right? Yeah. He's acting like a guy that's you know he's petty, he's kind of immature, he's a little crazy, but he's perfect on the basketball court. He, yeah. He's absolutely perfect. Um, so I think I think this is the version that they needed. I honestly, 
again, you talk, I go back to fake stuff. I, I don't think he did anything the time off. I think they just suspended him for 15 games and he pretended like he got help. And, uh, and it's honestly, it's a farce, but Hey, whatever gets him back mm. <laughs> into the state of mind that he needs to be to play like Draymond green got them there. Um, I think, I think the one more strike and you're out really hit him. I think mm. that's probably the only thing. Cause you know, he like, man, let's say he goes into Toronto tonight and let's say he just, he whacks, you know, Scotty Barnes in the face. Like it's totally possible, man. That's like it's that's, every that's like minus two hundred totally right now. <laughs> Barnes got a punchable face, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, come on, wow. the face of the league <laughs> on the Raptors show. The punchable face, face of, of the, the league. league. How could you, man? I actually like Scotty Barnes a I lot. I like the he's a guy that I think you talk about knows how to play basketball. Like that's yeah, Scotty Barnes for sure. You know what I mean, like absolutely. For, Versus like versus like Kaminga, who's learning how to play basketball. Scotty Mons already knows how to play. Nice. Basketball. Everyone's um, put their pitchforks away now. <laughs> That's good. You've instantly, like, you've, you've, you've instantly uh, got people to withdraw. Yeah, good. He uh, can't shoot though, like just like a, just like a warrior. He, he's wow. perfect, right? So, uh, but um, where where was I? Where was I? Yeah, I mean, just mm-hmm. with Draymond, you know, one strike and you're out. I think that that kind of wakes him up, right? But I don't think he's changed. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and tell you. You know, he actually did therapy. No chance, man. Yo. The guy, guy was partying the whole time. He, he was chilling. <laughs> I had chilling. a question about that, man. Well, I mean, because we talked about sports documentaries earlier, you know, everything's everything's a sports doc. Everything's a little pr- produced to a certain degree. It's not as authentic as as uh, as, as Clay walks around. Yeah. Um, the sports doc I actually need is of whatever therapy sessions. And I know that this breaks totally breaks the uh, doctor patient confidentiality but i needed i needed that i needed the tony sopranos Demar- dr melfi hey, scenes tomorrow is uh, doing the podcast draymond and whatever therapist had the <laughs> unfortunate luck of sitting through his bs tony soprano therapy session. i don't i don't even know if he saw a therapist i, I don't <laughs> therapist might have been tequila and and, and la oh you know what i mean like that that might have been therapy i i Damn. just i you know i i I, I, he's not changed. I mean, no, he's come on, look not at him, changed. man. Come on, what are we doing? No, no dude, this is the same guy. You honestly, you don't even want him to change. You just don't no. want him to punch yeah, people true. as much. Yeah, like what are we? Look, yeah. I was in therapy for six years. Yeah, you need years, man. You yeah. don't need two weeks. What's <laughs> two, two weeks, weeks gonna do for you? What's two weeks gonna do for you, man? Like, is he, are you? Is was he dealing with anxiety? Are you giving him anxiety meds? What no, he learned a breathing technique and he came back up. Yeah. <laughs> he's ready to go, man. Learn how to. Um, Ground yourself. To, uh, yeah, count to uh, ten. Airbend. You just learn how to airbend. <laughs> uh, that's the other. That's the other grandson of the win right there. Yeah. <laughs> Draymond. All right. Um, so the Raptors play the Warriors tonight. Yeah. This is, this is why we had this discussion. This is good. I like that's it. Right. All right. Well, the young guys. Give me some. Okay. We talked about Kaminga a little bit. Pajensky, um, Moody. We saw him come back and and play, and he was guarding on the stretch last night. Um, Pajemski also doubtful for tonight's game. He's doubtful? He is doubtful. That's tough. Game. I changed my TV head because yeah. I have some cool stats about him. Uh, wow, actually, that's good news um, for me <laughs> because I need to actually alert my producers real quickly. But, uh, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, he's he's also around. Um, yeah. Anything cool you wanted to about the young guys, I guess? You know? Yeah, uh, we'll go with Pods first. I know he's doubtful tonight, but, I mean, it, honestly, if there's someone that plays to a doubtful tag, it, it's Pods. Like, I wouldn't mm. be surprised if he played. But um, Pods is, I mean, I wasn't high on Pods. I mean, look at him. Yeah. yeah, like sure. I mean, that's that doesn't look like an NBA player, mm. but um, he's in, he's got incredible basketball feel. He's yeah. got incredible energy. I don't know what his upside is. I know my co-host that thinks he has super high upside. I, I don't know about that. Mm. Um, but he's he's super alert, help defender. Um, can shoot the ball a little bit. I think the thing about him that's super f- interesting is man, he's super cocky. 
Like he just yeah, yeah, yeah he, he likes he, to talk. Yeah, I think he thinks he's the best player on the court, which is hilarious. Because I listen to Jack Harlow, like, I know before the game, there's no way this guy's not a Jack Harlow fan. <laughs> oh, come on, why you gotta do that? <laughs> come on, dude, look at him, look, look, look at him. He he's hilarious. So yeah. I, I would, if he plays tonight, I think that's the guy to keep on the lookout just because he's i don't think he does anything that's super wowy mm-hmm. but yeah. he does all the tiny small stuff that all nba nerd fans love and i i, yeah. I do too uh moses moody someone that hasn't played all season um but he i would say he's probably a Masai guy i think Masai would probably like him um Why? he's long the wing uh he also did, knows he how to play they did like him i mean you did? Yeah. I, I, I didn't make that up. I, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, they got the right guy from Monbird that year. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, they did. You're probably right. Yeah, I'm definitely right. <laughs> um, yeah. But he, he's 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 good. He's yeah. uh, he's another guy that knows how to play. But he's just, he's been benched behind Wiggins, Clay, and all those right. guys. But last night, like you said, he he played very good defense against Jalen Brunson, who's the one. Yeah. And then and then the last one, TJD is another guy that should play more. It's a theme, right? Like, yeah. probably should have played more um, pick and roll guy with Chris Paul. And so, mm-hmm. right. um, the Warriors, they they need, they probably need Moses Moody to step up the most now because, hey, I don't know when. I never asked you about Wiggins, act. but if you want to talk about Wiggins, man, go ahead. Because Wiggins, I hate talking about, yeah. but uh, since this isn't my podcast, um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Oh, let's go. Um, That's the answer I was hoping for. I. I can't stand the the people who say, you know, he it's his personal stuff. We don't get to have a say into what it is that he's dealing with. What, what are we What are we talking about here? What, what What are we What are we doing? Last time I checked, his job job is to actually play basketball, and his team has struggled with him being out, and they haven't been happy about it. So. Mm-hmm. It's not like they've excused them and been like, all right, do whatever you want. Come back whenever you want. No, last season when he was gone, they said, all right, you're gone. We expect you to come back at some point. Go deal with what you got to deal with. And then that stretched into the end of the season. They're all sitting here like, man, what are we what are we doing? Right. Yeah. Guys weren't happy. And for that to happen again. And the funniest part is it happens after the trade deadline when they were shopping him. And then they didn't trade him. And then he's like, all right, well, I'm gone again. And uh, I just I just don't think the players are happy with it. I know Steve Kerr isn't happy with it. But the good thing about the Warriors is they've got great character leaders. You know what I mean? Like, Steve Kerr's not going to throw him under the bus. Mm-hmm. Steph's not going to come out here and say anything cryptic. Like, he's not going to do some LeBron stuff. Right. Uh, Draymond, uh, questionable who he is as a leader. But, um, like, <laughs> he's not going like, to punch him? I'm not, oh. like, Yo, what? I'm not, but like... But like this, I'm not man? a yeah, I just, that's, my wife wanted to so I was just now, now oh, man. yeah yeah like a couple of months more dogs on the Raptors show let's go more was... dogs than more dogs than Wiggins right yeah more dogs oh than wow yeah that's so I'm I'm guessing that that dog's not named Andrew <laughs> named Maui um, oh, nice. Maui nice little little eight pound doxy <laughs> but um but I just I think that's it's hard on the team. I think they put a brave face on. But I think back back to I think the mm-hmm. players that you're talking about. This is the moment for Moses Moody because mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a fifty fifty shot at this point whether he comes back and whether Wiggins is on the team next season. I think Moses Moody is sitting here and I think it's fine for him. He's not the same player. He's not athletic. Right. He doesn't create his own shot as much. But man, mm-hmm. it, it's his time. Mm-hmm. It's his time. If if he can play himself into a role, then I think he ends up staying on this team long term versus I think 
Moses Moody probably should have requested a trade at the mm. trade deadline because he's just not getting run for a kid that I think would probably play 20 minutes for 20 teams out in the NBA right now. Like, would, would Moses Moody Moses Moody play for the Toronto Raptors right now? Absolutely. We yeah, play Bruce Brown 25 minutes. 100%. Yeah. Bruce yeah, Brown's good, though. Uh, not for the Raptors. Uh, not for the Raptors. Okay. Well, you should okay. look at, yeah. Well, you'll see tonight, actually. But yeah, <laughs> in any case, Andy, I appreciate you, my brother. Um, until I see you next time. Um, you know, in the suburbs of San Francisco, of SF. You know, you taught me some some terms, SF, all right? Yeah, apparently they don't call it, like, they get offended when you say San Fran. Yeah, I bet that, that's been that's out, correct. man. But, I didn't know that. No, I, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm new. I don't know. Yeah, you know. Bro, let's see. We got a man right here who has a bit out. Look, you, look. You listen, don't know what Sam Mateo feels like in the nighttime, you know what I mean? <laughs> We, we we got more things to deal with in SF now than people saying San Fran. You know, our, our uh, you know, the, pub, the public. Oh, Dory, we've heard Charles Barkley. We've heard, we've heard, yeah. we've heard. I got my vest. I got my bulletproof vest on right now. Oh, that's <laughs> so, all right, man. <laughs> and it, never, I appreciate you, I love dude. my city. I'm kidding. Take, 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 oh, no. You got to be, you got to love it to, to actually hate it. And Andy yeah, nice. is true SF, <laughs> born and raised. Throughout, and that's why he lives in San Mateo now. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see you, buddy. All right, guys. Take care. <laughs> Listen to Andy Lou, Sam nice. Yeah. Light Years Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, another Espandiar. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't it weird? He has uh, an Espandiar co-host, and mm. I'm kind of guest hosting. We're like an off-brand Light Years right now? <laughs> Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's where the Raptor show is now. Yeah. We are we light, we're I, off-brand I wanted Light to, Years. I wanted to ask him about the play-in stuff and yeah. just, like, chances. How do you feel about their chances? I feel like the West is a bloodbath. And I actually feel like in terms of rule changes we need this year, the Western Conference play-in should get to play against the Eastern Conference play-in <laughs> for the right to go to the playoffs. Because if I told you, do you would you want to see a seven-game series of Dallas, of Sacramento, of Golden State, and of the Lakers? I would say yes to all of that. Would I want to see a seven-game series of, of Atlanta? <laughs> no. Chicago? No. Miami? Honestly, like, I guess Miami's really good in the playoffs, so yes. Indiana, honestly, if you can't get no. better than seven, no. then no. You know what I mean? I'd honestly much rather. I want to see the West play the East for the right to play in the play-in. I think the another rule change, if you want, let's, you know how they used to in the bubble say, hey, you have to be a certain game's back mm. to even right. provoke a play-in or whatever, <laughs> you know, invoke a play-in tournament. Right, I remember that. If the if the Bulls, the Bulls are five games back of the eighth seed. That's what... The Hawks are seven. The plane, by the way. Yeah. yeah, the Hawks are seven games back of the eight seed. Okay. Yeah. If we look at the Warriors, who are in the same spot as the mm -hmm. Hawks, ten seed, right? Mm -hmm. Warriors are only three games back of six, two games back of eight. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You're fighting. You mm -hmm. should be in a play-in. That makes yeah. sense. The Hawks should not be in a play-in spot right now. <laughs> Let me I see the Warriors play the Hawks for the right to play go to the playoffs. Okay. <laughs> yes. Please. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna take our last break of the day when we're bringing our last guest of the day. But I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsline Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou, Spandiar, Marini. Was I mispronouncing your name this whole time or no? Tell me the truth. <laughs> Why? What'd you say? I, I don't even remember what you said. Spandiar, Marini. No, you got it right. Okay, oh, well, the, the last name you can like enunciate it if you want to. Baraheni. 
Barahenny. There you go. I just go with S. Are you for real? Yeah, S is the e. way to go. Are you for real? E B. I like E B. It's pronounced Henny? Yeah. That's Anything hard. is possible. That's man. hard. <laughs> Whoa. If I had a rap the name. He- we had the Henny God in the building the whole time. You know. Wow. S man. <laughs> Last segment here, and we brought in Michael Grange. Yes. Who's wearing a turtleneck with no chain. All right. <laughs> the chain. No, listen. Grange, a turtleneck. There's never a world that would wear a chain. You, wait, a turtleneck and a chain re- is a classic look. This is a, you, you have almost a perfect Toronto date night look. You're just missing a little uh, silver chain. I'm, I'm, I don't want to go down this road. I would, either, I would either be made fun of. We said this off air. I would either be made fun of or yeah. people would think I was making fun of people who were If you walked into the Raptors uh, locker room tonight with the Should silver chain on in this, in this, oh, with the chain. this outfit... Bust down. Uh, what, what do you think the players would say? I have I have uh, children uh, up the approximate age of professional basketball players, and yeah. they would laugh at me. So okay, yeah. right. fair enough. This is as far, and I I do think mm. I'm the first in person turtleneck. Yeah, you are. Yeah, Alvin and Devlin. Probably I've always by Zoom. <laughs> I've always loved the turtleneck suit look. It's like it, I think it's right. even better than the the shirt. You know. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm not that big a fan. A little uncomfortable, but whatever. It's hot. Right. Break it out once in a while. Yeah. Um. So you were were you at practice yesterday? I was. Yeah. Did you get a slice? Pizza. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, we yeah. did. And uh, apparently, Darko paid for it. We'll see. I, I bumped. Did he in. deliver it? I need all. He the did details. not deliver it. No. Okay. So who but, brought uh, it in? Uh, the PR staff. They did. They did okay. It was, very, it was very nice the way they did it. And all right. They, they they made it sound like there was a meeting, and then Quinn was looking all stern and others. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, what's going on now? And they but walked in with the pizza. So that was good pizza. Maker's pizzas, yeah, yeah, yeah Maker good. Pizza, good. Yeah. And uh, bumped Salty into Bobby Masai after, and I said, "Now you watch your expenses. You watch those expense reports. <laughs> we'll see who actually paid for this thing." So, uh, but no, I, have, uh, I actually have no doubt that Darko. Uh, he, I remember being on a road trip earlier this year, and he, we were, we were in Texas, and we were about to go to uh, go to San Antonio. We were asking just stories about Pop, you know, mm-hmm. it was not yeah. for writing or anything. And he, that's one of the first things he brought up was yeah, the he would make a real point. Like, I think he put a number on it. Like, it was like, if not hundreds, like, it might have been hundreds of thousands of dollars Pop would spend wow. taking the team out for dinner. Yeah. And now the guy makes whatever. But You um, don't think he expensed that to Peter Holt, though? No. Like, I, <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? You know, yeah. and he always, he's writing those giant tips for the servers right, and of course. stuff. So, so I don't think Darko's in that league yet. But uh, yeah, I think Pop makes 12, 12 a year yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. The um, mid-level? But I mean, I think the point being is, is it's something that he noticed as a young coach, respects, mm-hmm. and, I, like and uh, yeah, I think good for him. a lot of the players like it too, like the the fact that he is so invested on the the like family side, mm-hmm. trying to make it family. They every time they do one, two, three, family, right there. Yeah. Great, I, you know what? It's good that we have you here because, as you mentioned earlier, you have some kids who are yeah. roughly the same age as the players. <laughs> you so you understand how difficult it is to engage this current generation. Of like being in the here and now, not split, not like half year, half somewhere else, not distracted in the moment with the people that you're in the room with. Yeah. And I think that's more than anything else, the porn of the dinners. Yeah, no, that's a great, uh, that's a great observation. And, and, you know, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if those dinners are kind of like phones are down or phones, yeah, right. you know, don't bring them, whatever it might be. And, mm-hmm. um, and, in the end, it always comes back to talent and execution course, and yeah. all that. No, no but, matter dinners is going to win you yeah, like, but, necessarily games. But, but like, yeah. I think it's um, you got to give put your organization, your team in the best position to reach whatever pen- potential it has. And I think the seasons are very long. 
And, and I think also with Darko, mm-hmm. um, he's very committed to his brand of coaching being on a personal level, right. on um, a kind of a one-to-one type, building these kind of relationships. They take time. And anytime you're in an environment like a meal or whatever, you have a better chance of kind of building another connection. Sure. And um, so we'll see, you know. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it's a, it, I think it was a cool thing, and, and it's kind of crazy it took this long for him to win three games. But Who had the most slices in the media room? Uh, <laughs> uh, it was fun. I, I, I know I had three. I, I, okay. I don't know if okay. anyone had more than three, but uh, All right. are you well, I'm pizza? always a good bet. Are you a way. pizza guy? Like, are you... I'm an eater guy. Yeah, I just Me too. Yeah. Volume person. Me too. It sucks that practice is at the same time as the show, so we could not. Yeah, we, no, the joke of it was, was we'd already committed at home to have pizza that night. And, uh, oh, really? So yeah. it, was, it was a big pizza day for me. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. How, I guess, you know, we're about two months in to this new core, new iteration of this team. From your your perspective, how do you how have you kind of made it up? How do you feel? Yeah, I I like it. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna get too carried away. Of this is, um, you know, oh, this is the foundation. This is where you know it's gonna lead to something big. But but I what I like is, um, you know, it seems like a group as constructed that is very willing and bought in to play. The way the Stoller coach Mm -hmm. envisions, Mm -hmm. and um, you know, we've seen it a few. It's in, you know, there's those all those statistics, the assist numbers yeah. we talk about. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a double edge to that, and you know why they have so many assists. Well, they don't really have any, that many guys who can create you know, win a one-on-one battle. Yeah. So, mm. so you know, they got to do it that way. And you can see down in the you know the fourth quarter a little bit out at Indy, and I thought a little bit in the you know, down in the guts of the game uh, the other night. Yeah, you know, it's hard to run position passing cutting offense. When the defense dials in, mm-hmm. it gets really For hard. Sure. Um, it's not impossible, but it gets harder. But anyway, all that's to say, I like it. I like the fact, I like the way they play. I think the way the second unit, you know, defense aside, has a chance to really kind of, I kind of noted this the other day, is on some teams, your second unit is often the best expression mm-hmm. of what the coach really wants your team to look like. Because, mm-hmm. you know, first unit, you got to cater, right? Yeah. Like often, like you got yeah. stars and you got touches and you got this, you got that. Second unit, it's like, put me in a coach, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I'll they're going to play. Yeah. And we've seen that in this market a number of times. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, when that second unit is really rolling with Scotty plus bench and you got Grady and um, and uh, Kelly, I mean, it's it's a nice brand of basketball to watch. Yeah, it's the it's the most dynamic we've seen the bench play pretty much since the bench mob. Maybe the year, like, after Maybe. the championship as well to yeah. a degree. But um, there is clearly that identity and that, that flow and, and – I think, especially for developmental purposes, Darko's system does put the players in positions where they got to do more than one thing. Yeah, Very few players on the team only do one thing. And maybe they're not necessarily good at it, but maybe long-term when you think about, okay, how do we improve a player who maybe is only good at one or two things, you have to actually put them in some shallow water, maybe the shallow end, not the deep end, yeah. to do it. And now, I think start of the season, when they put pressures in this decision to be like, hey, like, you know, Kelly Olenek, we would love to play like Kelly Olenek. It's like, all right, that, that, that looked like a disaster. <laughs> but, like, you can tell some guys aren't going to be cut out for it. But ultimately, you see Grady, for example. Grady's been midseason one of the best developmental stories. Uh, well, I mean, it's the def- definitely the best one for this year. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, midseason. Oh, no, it's been uh, – it'd be really interesting to try and find an example, at least within Raptors, you know, franchise history, mm-hmm. of a guy who was – like a complete 180. Like you oh, can yeah. kind of look at yeah. his games log and go up to this point, you know, it was 
it was reasonable to go. Is this is this guy gonna make it? Like, yeah, like yeah. you know, like not you're not. Well, even in him the off. G League, like, yeah, running, was, yeah. like and then he goes to G League and he's maybe even worse. And yeah. and you're like, okay, um, was this a mess? Mm. Not that you're writing him off, but it was a, it was unusually right. bad. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the stat I kept going to was at the same age with the same attempts in the G League, Bruno Caboclo has shot a higher percentage than Grady was, sure, which yeah. is absurd because we all know Grady's a better shooter. And now he has the third best three point shooting percentage. Of the last month, yeah, and, right. and it's like exactly like it's a seventeen game sample, <laughs> exactly. which means nothing, right? But it's very encouraging, and I think very encouraging for the player. I think it's a lot of credibility for the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I think in the eyes of management, it's mm-hmm. you know because look, uh, the staff is still getting evaluated, right? They, yeah, they've of course. proven nothing in this league, and so um, you know if if you're not that they're super impatient, but when you see a guy your scouting staff you thought so it. highly of and. He's cratering, mm-hmm. and then to see him turn around like that—that's okay. Well, yeah. Good. This is encouraging. So yeah, that's a—it's a very unusual story, I would say. Just the 180 element of it, but mm-hmm. a very you know positive one, obviously. Do you think the vibes have anything to do with that? And I, I don't—I mean, it's hard to gauge vibes, right? You know how many times <laughs> we've had Grange on and asked him about vibes? Really? Is he a vibe <laughs> vibe guy? specialist? Well, it's like, like, yeah, like, with the turtleneck and everything, yeah. you really do look like a vibe yeah, specialist. Say, yeah. No, but I mean. The the cloud is sort of gone now, right? There's there's so much. What's the line about happiness, right? It's uh, it's it's reality minus expectations. There's something like that. There's some sure. form. Anyway, it's a good line, but I'm butchering it as usual. But, um, yeah, like I mean, once they made those trades, yeah, everything this season is gravy. You have a vague goal of well, a very specific goal, but a very minimal chance of actually pursuing the play. Optimistic goal. Yeah, but right. it's like yeah. okay, let's mm-hmm. let's try and chase this down. Um, but also, if you go through that roster, you know, the ex- it's very clear an expectation for development, for opportunity, and it's really an extended, um, it's almost like a, like your summer, your summer program has started now. Yeah. And, and it, like, done right, it could be incredibly valuable, right? Like, because when you look at the story of, like, look at the Warriors tonight, right? And you look, you, I heard the segment before, which was great, by the way, um, you know, and, and you're talking about Kamenga and Pudzinski. Well, contrast, Kamenga, Moody, and Pudzinski. Pajemski, sorry. And, um, you know, one guy got minutes right away, and yep. he's everybody's favorite, right? The other two guys, there just wasn't room on those teams. Yeah. And so, and Moody's still kind of uh, trying to battle uphill against that. And, you know, it's just the hardest thing to get in this league is reps and minutes. And you have players um, in this environment who I'm sure are very eager and recognize the opportunity to get it. Yeah. yeah. Still not assault like still not so that makes for good vibes right yeah of yeah. course it's you know? i think i think vibes you know we talk about the pizza party and mm. you know dinners and whatnot i think that builds certain things trust being one of them just relying on someone and being willing to kind of buy into a program i think the ball movement side of things doesn't happen if guys aren't willing to yeah, you know um and maybe that was the case pre-trades you know some guys saying you know we, don't, we may might want to call our own number a few times if you want to say I guess this team isn't solidified yet. There's still questions moving forward, off-season-wise, what they'll do. I know you had a tweet earlier uh, about Kelly Olynyk, right? Potential yeah. extension. What? How soon do you think that might be? I mean, how uh, far are we from that? Yeah, I mean, my just my information is that they're they're not very far away the mm-hmm. two on an agreement, and and just CBA wise, you know, if if there is going to be an extension, the the Parameters are pretty limited. It can only be a two-year extension, right? Because he was traded, and it can only be for five percent raises over over the two years. So, 
based on what he's making now. So you like know you can do the math. Okay, it's two years, probably twenty five million ish, right. you know, give or take a hundred thousand. So, um, you know, and Kelly, you've got a player who says, "I want to be here my whole career." I did run this by Kelly the other day. He's like, he didn't want to get too deep into it, but yeah, I'm I'm open to staying. So, yeah. um, you know, could happen. Tomorrow could happen. <laughs> a week tomorrow could happen. Yeah. Anytime. But the key, there's no deadline on. This. There's no deadline. Yeah. The key is though, um, the two-year extension means that he's immediately trade eligible. Right. Um, otherwise, it would be six months after they sign the longer extension. Interesting. And well, that, also, so. his cap hold would be right. less. Right. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so the team's incented, and I guess from Kelly's point of view, the, it would be: Is there a three-year deal out there for me? Is there more than basically the mid-level, which right. is what this deal is? Would be, um, you know, and great luck, man. Probably hard, not. Hard to know. And and, and you know, and what's the and value if it is, of? It's probably less than the twenty-five or whatever. And what's the value of of being the hometown guy who finishes his career in Toronto as a productive player? We've never yeah. really seen that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's you want to set yourself up for the next twenty years. Yeah. It's not a bad idea either. Mm-hmm. I think you know, Scotty and Darko both mentioned how important Thad was, but also Thad playing. And how, you know, just being on the court with a guy who can kind of talk you through certain things was important. Kelly's an elevated version of that. Sure. In the yep. sense that he's still playing out there. He's yep. still conversating. Even day one, there was, you know, communications between him and Scotty on, hey, you got to be here, you got to be here, whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for a guy like Scotty and for really everybody else on the team. So, I, You know who I think it's really important for is Grady. Right. Um, you know, Scotty's going to make – he's – look, he'll figure out. Yeah. He's going to be good. Does, yeah. He doesn't really need that much help. He does need some, of course. But Grady Dick, like he's, you know, as we've talked about, like it's not make or break, but but all of a sudden it's not a coincidence. I think we've seen some of his best basketball playing in a unit alongside a guy like Kelly Olenek mm, who recognizes every Cutting, cut's available, yeah. every kind of pick and pop available. Right. And, you know, that's – for that alone, if you can elevate Grady from, you know, a guy who could be part of a rotation to being a guy who could be – um, like I'm probably going to talk to Tony on the, on the broadcast just because Clay Thompson's in town. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not comparing Grady Dick to one of the no, best of course. who's I ever mean, done it. Yeah. But, but you know, if you were really to kind of break down their games in terms of size, movement skills, you know, sure. of the various strengths that go into their off- offensive side of the ball, he's a pretty good role model for yeah. Grady Dick. Yeah. Even the attention he's already getting. Like yeah. you see, you know, those flare screens and whatnot that he's coming off of. Guys respect the him, man. They're respecting Dude, him. You, you see a white guy running around on the court, you follow me. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what level of basketball this is. Uh, I, I got two questions left for you guys real quickly because we've got two minutes. Um, yeah. it, where do you think the Emmanuel Quickly extension lands in at? All I've ever heard from day one was it was going to be uh, Devin Vassell money. Okay. So that's okay. in a neighborhood of about $30 million. Okay. Um, okay. And, and that was... I'm know, more comfortable now, especially when he's scoring 20 a game and it looks more even right. rather than like the up and down. Um, you're also sort of extending for what he will. Uh, I mean, what you're hoping he but, will. But I mean, sure. here's another 23 games. Him as a starter. Yeah. He's been pretty good as a starter. I mm-hmm. think he'd be more sure. comfortable if he was more like what we've seen the last you know, couple games. Couple yeah. of games. But yeah, it's going to be a big number, and there's going to sure. be teams. He's a, he is RFA, but yeah. you know, I, I there's gonna, you don't think Orlando would take a run. You don't sure. think San Antonio. San Antonio would take a run. Right. So it's going to uh, be a number. The other quick question before we uh, just quickly go through tonight's game. Uh, Bruce Brown, you reported that there was a first on the table. I mean, right when they at the trade at, deadline? at the trade deadline, yeah. yeah, yeah, a fake first, like a bad first, you right? Know what I mean, like I, uh, I mean, okay, so I one guess, of the one of the Knicks first, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, I think, I think at the time, what what it was told to me was, um, 
the Raptors wanted one, some of the Knicks' future first. Right. Instead and, of the... uh, versus another first at the back end of 20, the 24 draft. They're like, okay, we got Because they're already trading out of that with the OJ right. and Kelly. So, so I think that was the issue. And the Knicks were like, okay. no, we aren't trading any of those because we still want to have our powder drive. We want to go get Arsenal. the superstar. All right. Time now for Between the Lines. Thank you for the clarity there, Grinch. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Line tonight, Raptors, 3.5 dogs. Point Makes dogs. sense. Yeah. Warriors have won, I believe, 12 of the last 15. And, uh, yeah, they came off the win last night. Got in really late. Um, S, you got a quick pick for me here? I, yeah, yeah. Um, Where's a hot? But I, they did land at 7.15 a.m. or whatever did. it was. I take the Raptors in the points. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, so. I guess to cover, I would say yes. Okay. I mean, they yeah. cover. So you no. really want, you, this is a close game. That's like a game winner, like Steph Curry <laughs> at the buzzer. Sure. Type well, of deal. Like like he should have hit that three at the end there in game six. Exactly. But he it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Steph, for breaking that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> Serge was late on that screen. <laughs> we never talk about that. Um, okay. All right. I'll ride with that. Let's go. Let's go Raptors I mean, tonight. I know you're picking Raptors. I almost always pick the Raptors, no matter what. And that was between the lines. Brought to you by Brent Rivers. <laughs> Take a chance on the Raptors. How's your bank this year? Ah, don't worry, man. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, 33 pace win team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all good. Grange, uh, I appreciate you always joining us. Yeah, you know, pleasure. See you Thanks. down in the arena. And S, man, did a great job, buddy. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's all done. Keep killing it. Hope the you got all show. the love for this. Yes. You, but you just keep rising. What's what? that? You're not going to bust him about, the, about his commercial? Oh, we did yeah, it we yesterday. Did it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically the GoDaddy of... Uh, of <laughs> oh, oh, come on. Uh, he ate that curse for all of us, and that's a, that's a win for the franchise. But seriously, thank you, guys. Of course. And that does it for us today. I've been your host, Will Lou. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network, brought to you by Campbell's new Chunky Spicy Soup. It's time to get fired up. Thanks again to producer Ahmed Mann, or producer Derek Brindale, Jennifer Olick, David Sis, Jeremy Manitad, helping behind the scenes. Big thanks to our guests, Annie Lou, Michael Grange. A huge thanks to us for co-hosting this week. And we'll be back next week.